buzzing to make my debut and get the win. Get a clean sheet and we're top of the league for Christmas! Woo! Welcome to another episode of Fran Kirby's Fight Club. This is Andre Carlisle, and I am here with Miriam. Miriam, how are you? I am hot. I am feeling very hot right now. No, really, I am. It's like a thousand degrees in this room, but oh, okay. also very hot because Lauren James has got me all, all bothered and flustered. It's just, she's amazing. She really, really is truly one of a kind. Um, and I feel privileged to be able to watch her today. Patrick and so much more. Um, the celebration in front of the United fans at the away end. Um, I love it. I love it. I mean, honestly, shouldn't people have learned the lesson by now? Just don't boo Lauren James. <laughs> don't give her the extra motivation. It's, you, you know she doesn't really need it. I mean, I, shout out to Harry Edwards, who put all the stats together, who's been a guest on the podcast mm -hmm. before, but dropped the stat that Lauren James has scored more goals at Stanford Bridge than any other Chelsea player this season, men or women. Top five, Lauren James seven. Raheem Sterling is then second place, uh, tied with Cole Palmer with five. So if you want to see goals, at Stamford Bridge, it sounds like you should go when Lauren James is going to be there. It's it's really a no-brainer, and I'm surprised. We're going to get into it a little bit. I'm surprised that United gave us so much space because you'd think they would have learned by now. We're scoring the same <laughs> goals against them. You know, Fran, I mean, Fran Kirby has scored goals like that. And Lauren, as you were saying off-air, Lauren's also scored similar goals like mm -hmm. that. They just haven't learned their lesson against us, and um, I'm quite happy about that. I don't want them to learn their lesson because <laughs> um, it's, it's working out for us, but yeah. It is. It is. It's just the stubbornness of Mark Skinner. I'm very familiar with that, given his uh, time in the NWSL. Uh, and it has continued to see. I mean, they, they can play well, but when they get stuck against a team like this, who's going to just continue to exploit the same holes, it's kind of fun to watch because they just don't learn. So, okay, let's start from the beginning, because we did have a bit of a different lineup and a bit of a, a bit of different players in the lineup, which I thought was very interesting. Shout out to you, off, off yes. top for calling the Hannah yes. Hampton in goal. I was so excited. I, I'm so proud of myself. I don't know why I'm so proud. But I just thought like this, my reasoning for it was exactly that. I think that Musevich is a little sort of, you know, she spills a lot of balls and I'm worried about United yeah. pre United's press. Although we didn't see a lot of the press in the first half, more so in the second half. And I was like, Hannah Hampton's got to be the one, right? And I'm really glad that Emma stuck with her because she was amazing today. Um, I, even the goal that was conceded, which we'll get into, I don't really think she could have done a lot for it. It was a goal, bit of a goal mouth scramble and a lot of plays in the way. So I just felt she had a strong performance today, including... Um, doing one of AKB's classic tactical timeouts, <laughs> telling, showing everyone that she's injured on the ground. One glove comes off and in my head, I'm like, she takes off the other, other glove, we're in trouble. And then she puts the glove back on and I'm like, there's yeah. nothing wrong yeah. with her. Yeah. She's just, yeah. she's on the floor. She's she's doing a classic <laughs> AKB. So I think she had a really strong performance today. Um, I'm glad Natalie Bjorn was in the back line. I felt that was needed. And then we talked um, a couple of episodes ago about how maybe she's one of those signings that are kind of immediately in the starting lineup rather than being slowly processed in so that was good Melanie Leupold's back in the middle um nice to see that yeah. next to her in Cuthbert that feels like a throwback um but it was a, a vintage performance from both of them really today oh, so necessary and then JRK she was yes. a beast she was just out of control today she woke up and I think someone tweeted she woke up and chose violence and I was like yep 
Absolutely, absolutely. So I'm glad to see me official as well. I think we talked about that as well quite a lot in the previous pod. So I was really pleased. I'm glad because we said previously that this could be an interesting lineup today, but I think that Emma got it spot on. Yeah, the brought back the four two three one. Mm-hmm. All the positions made sense, and everybody's role in their position made sense, which I think was one of the problems with having Lauren James as the false nine. Is that players didn't really know what to do. You know, who's going to take that space in the middle? And you know, we'll get into it because <laughs> Emma Hayes later in the game reverted back to that same Lauren James false nine thing that kind of didn't work. It was a little bit better, but there were still some times when crosses came in and nobody was in the box. I remember one time in particular where we freed Jarrah Kay on the right wing like we had done so many times prior, and she's charging towards goal. She's going to put in a cross. You know she's going to put in a cross. And two United players in the box, a third joins, a fourth joins, a fifth joins, and then a (laughs) Chelsea player comes in. And I'm like, my God, like what is going on with this? But that was like the one like question mark the rest of the performance though incredible lauren james incredible so let's just let's just start off like the beginning of the game had me so extremely hyped because i don't know what emma hayes told the team what she gave them what the what the performance team gave them i'm not trying to suggest impropriety i'm just saying that like the team came out and they were flying all over the place united could not put Three passes together at all. Chelsea was always in the way and then always attacking them, always had them on their heels. It was really, really fun to watch and such a such a high intensity level that I think United was stunned. And I think that's the correct way to go about it because, like I said, I've, I've watched the previous two games and this last one of eight, United have lost two games and watched the Liverpool game. And it's very clear that from the beginning, the thing that got Liverpool or the first goal they conceded, the only goal of that game, is the fact that United were pressing hard and turning over possession hard. So I think the go- the game plan here was to not let them do that. We have to outpress them because if they start to do that, then they're going to hit us in areas that are dangerous. And the fact that Buchanan was in the in the back line, it did worry me a little bit. But I felt that Ashley Lawrence was doing quite a bit to come across, and that was maybe something that um, affected us late in the game. And she was subbed for Jess Carter. But I just thought Emma knew that if we allow them time on the ball, they will counter us hard. And I'm so glad that we that was from the get-go and not something that we tried to do, like maybe settling into the game, because I think that would have been bad and I think we probably would have conceded. So, yeah, I think it had to be like that. But um, I'm so glad we got that early goal because from there on, just the sort of the president was set for that level of intensity. And I don't think we brought it down. And that's what caused United a lot of problems. Yeah, well, it, it did drop. Even yeah, like I mean, right before yeah. the half, but but what we had we had goals in the bag before then. So let's talk about Lauren James's first goal. It came in the fifth minute. It was a super early goal, and I think the big thing for me is that not only did she score, not only were United fans booing her, you know, minutes before that goal happened, and of course she runs over to them to celebrate in front of them because that's just what Lauren James does. I love it, um, but. I also think like when you are when you start a game with that level of intensity, when you're closing out hard, when you're denying the ball in spaces, when you continue to turn over the opposition, especially at home, you really want the goals to show for that. Because otherwise mm-hmm. it becomes dangerous. You know, the team, the visiting team can just kind of like ride that, like they just ride it out. And if they ride it out and get in and suffer through that period for 20, 30 minutes, whatever it happens to be. If the score is level, then it's like momentum shifts a little bit. Now, all of a sudden, they're like, okay, we handled your best. Now we can play our game. Now we're good. So it's really important for me, uh, for the team, to get that early goal. And couldn't have been anybody else but Lauren James. 
No, and, and as soon as she was through, I knew it was going to be in because she's so clinical, very rarely. And, and you know, we know the stat about Stamford Bridge. I think she's scored in like maybe seven of her last five appearances there. Just the clinical of the clinicalness of her ability when it comes to being in that position, it's completely uncontested. And I knew that it was going to be a goal. And every other time that she got into that position and in which she scores a hat trick, I just, again, I had that same level of confidence with her. Just something about Stamford Bridge um, specifically that really does it for her. And I, w- I wonder whether having the effect of knowing the United fans are there, you're playing against your former team, they're booing you, whether that was an incentive or not. Um, we know that she can do amazing, amazing things when she has the ball and when she's not um, playing out position, her favourite position coming from the deep, dribbling hard, dribbling past defenders. I thought that in the previous game, you could see that she was taking a lot of shots from deep and they were they were off target, deep shots, deep um, um attempts to score that were just completely not working out but here this is her in her favorite position taking the ball and and dribbling it and bringing it forward with speed and pace but also agility and awareness of what's going on around her and it's no surprise that when she plays in her favorite position she scores three goals you know so um it's it's science really (laughs) science science, uh The one, the one thing I wanted to give a shout out to, because I, I tweeted about this as well, is Conrad. I think mm-hmm. she was, I mean, she was essential to the first goal because she just, and Chelsea were doing a really good job at finding ways to kind of manipulate the ball around and get her running into space. Whenever the defender turns their back or, or loses sight of her, she was running right, in, right behind them. And that's the space you want her in because she is so direct. And I love that directness of a player. And I love injecting that because I think no matter what style of play you you want to do, whether it's possession, whether it's long ball, whether it's whatever, you really need every single one of those really needs a direct player to play. And I love that Chelsea's kind of figured out that that's her role and that's what she's going to do, especially because United had that high line. Mm-hmm. I mean, shout out to Ian Wright who replied to one of my tweets talking about Conrad because I was pointing out that like. Her directness has been so important, and he said, especially against a high line like this, nice composure for the first assist after she caused the chaos by being so direct, and that's perfect. That's exactly what she does and what she did. She just got the ball, ran directly into the box, basically straight at goal. She was smart enough to keep control of the ball, but by then the defense is panicking. The ball deflects around a bit. She gets it. She lays it off to Lauren James on the right, and Lauren James is able to just hit a shot right by uh, Mary Earps, which was, I mean, honestly, could you say Mary Earps should have saved that? Maybe, but also, you know, uh, Lauren James's shooting technique. I, I kind of back Lauren James against any keeper in that, in that situation, and that's not even to protect Mary Earps. That's just to talk about how good Lauren James is. Yeah, and she's a great she's a great goalkeeper, and there were a couple of more shots later that she saved, and that were incredible. I think there was a header from Bjorn um, as well. But I just think you're right in saying when Lauren James is in front of goal, it doesn't matter what goalkeeper is there. She simply just she knows where to put the ball. Um, and I'm not surprised that the second goal came so quickly because I just feel like it's that same sort of situation playing out again, ball over the top. United playing such a high line and not even like there's a big gap between their central defence and there was no mind marking going on to ensure that she wasn't straying just behind the the back line, which is really the prime area for her. So I think it was, you know, you said before, a bit of stubbornness uh, from United to stick with that, knowing that that's where she thrives or knowing that that's how we can play when we have somebody who's, who's so creative from midfield. So I wasn't surprised she scored the second goal. And at that point, I felt quite confident because we'd been so dominant. But... 
you drop off a little bit and, and it's, you know, a goal happens. And I think that Gacy for United has been absolutely amazing. Her dribbling has been so powerful. She was one-on-one with Nim Charles a couple of times before the, the build-up to the goal. And I thought in my head that seems a little, like, could become a situation at some point. But Nima's doing really well. She's captain today. She's been strong in, in her her body positioning in, in making sure that Gacy is locked off from coming into the, the box. But whatever happened there, she just, Gacy went around Charles like she wasn't even there. And of course, a ball into the box and then some kind of a scramble that results into a goal. It feels a bit unfair to end the half like that because 2-0, you're feeling strong and confident and then the dynamics entirely change. Yeah, and I want to go back to to the second Chelsea goal, Lauren James's second goal, because I think it's really funny to point out that Natalie Bjorn just got here and she was already like, oh, I know what to do against this United team. Like she just got to the Chelsea team and she clips that ball over the top right to Lauren James. So she may not have gotten a goal, but she definitely got an assist and that was a, an excellent assist uh, and a great connection to see for two players that haven't had much time on the pitch together. So I really love uh, that they were on the same page to, to, to construct that goal. But then, yeah, you mentioned the downturn kind of right before the half, which you kind of expect a little bit. You can't keep that intensity up for all 45 minutes, so you do need to manage the game. That's why managing the game is so important. And it just felt like another one of those things where you could kind of see Chelsea panicking a bit. Mm -hmm. The ball came in. There was some headers. They were kind of to nowhere, just kind of fell right to the top of the box instead of clearing it wide or getting it high up the pitch. And it was just like you're playing with a lot of danger. And then, of course, you end up getting the ball to Jace, who, I mean, Neve Charles is good. But when you got a winger like that and you're isolated in space, she just gave her Mm -hmm. the quick nutmeg. And I was like, oh, no, oh, no, (laughs) no, that looks bad. So it was just like you could kind of tell from that moment on, like okay, she's got confidence. She's gonna do something good with this, and it it took a lot of a. It was a, it was a scramble in front of the box, but that's kind. Of, those are kind of the goals that, that Chelsea kind of let in when things get chaotic in the box. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, the opponent finds their foot to the ball, and I don't think there was anything else that Hampton could have done. I think it was initial really good block by Kajiji Buchanan, but the ball kind of got stuck under her. She couldn't really recover because she needed to get up and keep her hands away from the ball to stop from conceding a penalty. And then, of course, the ball hits the back of the net. And it's just really frustrating after that level of dominance to go into halftime 2-1. Yeah, I think I shared that frustration. Although I, I felt like if we continue playing in the same pattern instead of dropping off and looking for those passes where, we're, where Lauren James is able to run in from deep or where Lauren James is playing slightly further and JRK collects the ball because she was just like, her connection with, with Lauren James was also insane. She was finding her in all sorts of places. And by the way, all of that stems from Erin Cuthbert and Lloyd Poults. Like those two were the reason why we were winning possession in those areas. Those two were the reason why we were even able to um, transfer possession further up the pitch because they did an insane amount of work. Again, like I said last week, Erin Cuthbert's everywhere. I, you know, she must have put in so many miles today. She looked exhausted again. Um, I don't know if we should be worried or excited about that, um, how much she puts in with each game. But yeah, I just thought if we do that, if we keep doing that, it's going to work because it doesn't seem like they've changed their tactics to adapt to the fact that Lauren James is getting so many spa- so much space in behind. Um, and it seemed strange that they would stick with those tactics. So when the third goal went in, I just knew that that, that was going to be exactly how we were going to get the three points. Although not without trying because it was a huge penalty shout when it was... Um, I can't, was it before when it was at 2-1 or was it 3-1 when the penalty shout came in? Yeah, no, it was at 2-1. Okay, it was, yeah, it was, was very nervy because it could have been 2-2. I saw it and at, at first I saw it sort of live and I thought in my head, I thought, oh no, 
Oh no. But then I watched it again and I just thought, no way, there's, there's not even a collision. Like, it's not even like out being out muscled. It's like, it's, I wouldn't say it's a dive either. It's like that weird in between place, but it's definitely not a penalty. And I thought that too. But then I go on the timeline and credible people in the industry are like, that's a pen. And I'm like, hmm. I don't know. I just feel she was already going down, like not necessarily a dive, but maybe she was falling already. And that's maybe that swayed the referee to see that, you know, this player is already going down. Um, it's, it's strange to me. It was obviously a big decision. It could have gone either way. But the fact that the referee didn't give it meant, means that it couldn't have been reversed because there's no VAR in women's football. So um, I think the the commentary on the time they were saying that if it had gone to VAR it probably would have not been a penalty so I feel quite strong in saying that I mean if I felt even any doubt just because it's our team I wouldn't have necessarily said I could have said oh that was a penalty and that we got away with it but I, I genuinely don't feel that way yeah I I looked at that a couple times and I was actually surprised at the reaction on the timeline as well and I and I think the reaction was because unfortunately Ashley Lawrence was like at the just just a just the super super wrong position Position. Being on the other side of the defender of the attacker like that, being on her back, kind of trying to run with her, if they go down pretty much in any situation like that, it pretty much is always a penalty. But I kind of give credit to the referee. The referee was not trying to bail out either team. And that's this is kind of the thing where I think some people can be like, we need VAR in the women's game. And I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, mm-hmm. please. Let's not. <laughs> First of all, we probably would have had about 20 minutes of extra of, of added time at the end, uh, get, given if we would have had like be as many VAR text, checks as there could have been. But it, the bat, the calls for penalties were canceled out because there was a header that did bounce out. Chelsea didn't even get a corner for it. Should have at least gotten a corner, but could have also got a penalty because it bounced up right on the hand of a United player, right on the byline. <clears throat> and it was after Mary Earps had already put her hands on the ball to save it. And so it should have been a Chelsea corner. It wasn't. It could have been a Chelsea pin. It wasn't. And that's fine. But every you, you take every single moment in isolation. And I do look at that you know moment, that contact between Galton and Lawrence, where I'm like, honestly, I see why people think it was a penalty. But I, I just, in, in all the replays, I just really never saw, even like minimal contact where their exactly. legs just get tangled, I never even saw that. It was just like Galton felt pressure on her back and decided it would be better for her to fall than take a shot. And I was like, thank you for doing that, I suppose. And hopefully the referee doesn't buy it and the ref didn't. So I honestly, for this one, I just say fair play to the ref because I didn't see that as a clear cut penalty. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice to have one, you know, because we always are on the on the wrong side of these decisions in big games. Like, you know, it's almost you have a big game and you almost expect something's going to go wrong in one way or another. But you were right in saying that the referee was spot on the entire game for both sides I think and even there was a couple of moments of dissent in the couple of, in the second half even stemming from that penalty call and she rightfully yellow carded those um, as we don't normally consistently see in the Premier League um, so I was happy about that and I felt that we we kind of built from that moment on so there was a substitution I think we brought on Jess Carter we looked a little bit stronger I'm interested to see why she was on the bench do you know at all or is it just a tactical choice because I think she started every other game this season yeah I think it was just a tactical choice it really just kind of depends on if we're kind of back in a, in a familiar pairing situation it feels like with Bjorn because she is so like 
composed so she can kind of act like the composed um, center back and then your other center back kind of takes more risk. And I think that was the Buchanan role, which I thought she did pretty decent at uh, as well this game. Uh, and then Jess Carter comes in. So it just kind of felt like maybe either Emma Hayes wanted a bit more solidity um, and you didn't want as much risk being taken. And so you put in Jess Carter at the end. Um, but I mean, even prior to that, I think the big the move that really concerned me was when she took off me official at the 54th minute, because then we basically did the same thing that we were talking about in the previous game in the West Ham F FA Cup match where we didn't really have a nine. It was back to mm -hmm. Lauren James and every now and then Shokanuskin who came on for her. So I already knew like this 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 formation is going to be interesting. Let's see what happens. And every now and then, you know, Nuskin was in the you know, kind of in the middle central areas of attack. And it was like, OK, maybe. But then in those transition moments, there was still nobody in the box. And so that was concerning me because I was like, we probably need a third goal. We don't get a third goal. I could very much see this becoming like a really good start. And then it feels a little bit deflating uh, to go in to, to leave this match 2-2 with only getting one point after how well you played. So I'm glad that they were able to construct a goal, but we still need to figure out what to do in those moments where... You don't have Fischl, who is our only out-and-out -out nine. Eventually, if Macario steps on the pitch again for, for Chelsea, then maybe she can play that role. But like without a recognized nine, things become a little interesting if you don't like share that duty or have somebody else that's making those central runs because it's not really going to be Lauren James unless it happens to be the through ball, the quick transition to the high line against United, which they'll give us that multiple times a game, which is great, but against every other opponent that may not be there. Do you feel better about Emma Hayes doing that like at the 70th minute mark rather than like something that she would have done from the start of the game? Because maybe at that point it's like we can take off Lauren James now, but um, at least it wasn't from yeah, the beginning. Yeah, I mean... I, I think that, sure, it, it's absolutely much better to, to make a late change uh, to that than start the game like that. I think it's a really poor way to start a game because I think you really kind of hamstring your team uh, in attack. But I still don't love it yet because it doesn't seem like they figured out who the runners are going to be. Uh, the central runners are going to be in those situations. Like I mentioned earlier, there are a couple times when Connery crossed the ball. One, the ball went all the way through the box and nobody got it. I think until maybe it was Guru who was up there mm -hmm. or maybe it was even Neve Charles who was up there who ended up getting it and saving it from going all the way out of play so we're able to recycle it. But all that ball needed was a touch. If anybody was in there with any sort of striker instinct or not even striker instinct, just instinct to get to the ball in the box that could have been a third and then the same one for the cross I was talking about where so many United players packed the box before the first Chelsea player came in and at that point there's absolutely no way that you're going to win that header unless you're maybe like Sam Kerr who unfortunately we don't have <laughs> yeah. and me official who was on the bench so you know it's just those those moments where we need to figure out Either we're not going to attack with crosses and we find another way to get behind the defense or we figure out who is going to make that central run when we get in transition. Mm. You, it's something that worries a little bit considering our next run of fixtures, but also like if we're going to have a deep run in the Champions League, we're coming up against European teams who know how to work around issues like that. So, yeah, it, slightly concerning we don't have a plan B at the moment or that the plan B isn't exactly 
uh, foolproof, but I'm much more for it being something that we resort to than something that we begin with. Because if we had the means to take Fischl off, then maybe we should. But 54 minutes feels a little bit early, um, especially at that point where it's the game is still in the balance and United have come out from the second half and they're pressing really hard. Uh, they're pressing us in their first phase of play, which they weren't doing. Um, and so that feels like a big decision. But I think you're right in saying unless we know what's happening with Makari and whether we're going to see her at, at all this season, I think um, recently Emma has said that possibly this season, then we can't really afford to be so... Uh, um, dismissive with with playing official uh giving her as, as many minutes as possible and that's why i said previously in a post uh, post-match conference that Miam needs more minutes on the on the field so um perhaps it's just about finding ways to, to get her more integrated into games as they change throughout the 90 minutes but yeah i think i'm with you we need to see more of her unless we know how to be without her yeah, and and to be honest, I kind of get it. You know, she hasn't had the really the the time, especially the minutes on the pitch, to really integrate. And when you're playing a, a team like United, you sometimes, if, especially if you have a lead, part of managing managing a game, which is what I kind of talked about towards the end of the the first half when they conceded the goal, was all right. If you can't play at that intensity level in defense for 90 minutes or another 45 minutes or even another half hour maybe you have to make up the difference with numbers. And so Nuskin comes in, Fischl goes off, and so now you're able to be a bit more compact, but you still need to have a threat somehow. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I mean, is it like, I'm completely comfortable making that change, but when we do win the ball, when we do get into those transition moments, particularly against a team that plays a super high line, what I would really, really, really want to see is a, a plan for that, like a plan that that, that works where, all, okay, now we, we've got in possession now, Who's the designated player or players to make those central runs uh, to the ball? So, you know, I, I think we'll get there. It'll be a learning curve. I, I think starting with Fischl and then changing the tactic uh, when you have to take her off makes a lot of sense because you can't really play the same way. Maybe you could put Aggie Beaver-Jones as the nine and you can still do that. But I kind of get against a team like United. Like, Fischl had a decent game. She held the ball up uh, early. She was pretty good with her, um, with her pressing as well. You can still see not fully, you know, into like you know being able like Sam Kerr can do once you're like okay that's my target this is what I do okay where's the ball what's the player shape what position do I need to get into what are the passes I need to block and when do I need to press it's a lot to pick up so I'm not I think she will get there but I thought she had a pretty good start to the game anyway. You can already see that her hold-up play and her passing uh, when she gets the ball in those areas is really, really good. She knows where the space is. She knows how to to connect passes in the final third. So I'm excited about that. It's just trying to figure out if we don't have that for 90 minutes, what do we do when mm-hmm. she has to come off? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see whether we see her start on Wednesday um, against Real Madrid in the Champions League. Yeah, because obviously that's that's not that far away now. It's it's three days away, and there's obviously a lot of rest from this game as well. She came off in the 54th minute, so maybe we're going to see her start that game as well. Maybe that's what Emma was thinking. Who knows? Um, but then after that, there's we've got another game on the 27th, and then another game on the 30th. So if if she wants to try and rotate her and get more minutes in, she's got a yeah. pretty good opportunity to do it. I was gonna say, if you miss Chelsea playing football, don't you worry, <laughs> they'll be on the pitch plenty more uh, soon. Like it's it, everything is starting right now. Um, okay, I, I want to ask you because I I obviously want to give credit to Lauren James. I mean, a hat trick against your old club. 
at Stanford Bridge, just absolutely incredible performance. Needed all three. Well, needed two goals, but looked like we needed all three because I was very nervous at 2-1. So needed all three goals. She got all three goals. She was immense on the day. So it's like the day belongs to her. And I, I want you, you can say whatever you want to say about her as well. But I also would like to ask you, who else do you have that you want to kind of like uh, call out in terms of their performances? Because I think on the day, there were plenty of performances to choose from. I think JRK was strong, strong through the middle, direct, playing in a way that I maybe like to see Nuskin play if there was a substitution like for like somebody who plays maybe in the number number six role but can also come a lot forward and be direct. We've not seen her be direct like that. It's it's a little Jesse Fleming-esque from her Um and I just think that that's, that could be something that could work for us if, if Fisher wasn't playing and we need someone, someone to be direct while Lauren James is playing deeper so that she can bring possession forward. I would love to see that. I can't talk enough about Erin Cuthbert. Um, I'm sorry, I sound like a broken record, but even against like even in the 80th plus minute when Rachel Williams came on and everyone was like, oh, this is a big deal. Um, you know, we're expecting an equaliser because this is Rachel Williams. And she got stuck in. She's almost like half the height and size of Rachel Williams. And she, she gets stuck in this tackle where her legs are like facing one way and her body's the other. And it's just, it's completely, it's just Aaron Cuthbert is is the heart of that midfield. And I feel like our midfield today, even Lopold's slightly quieter game, maybe not the player you'd think stood out in this game, but it was just as important Um in the back line, I think Bjorn was strong. She's had a couple of strong games now. And not unlike other players with tel- other transfer signings with Chelsea, she hasn't had a lot of time to acclimatise. She's just been brought straight in. Obviously, she knows how the WSL works with playing uh, for quite a long time with Everton. But Chelsea is a whole other other situation. It's a, it's reigning champions. It's you're fighting the Champions League. You're fighting for spots even in the back line. Um, you know, so I think she came in and she was really strong. And of course, Hannah Hampton... Um, I knew she would be strong today. I just, I feel there were a lot of good players aside from Lauren James throughout our spine. And by that, I mean from, if you look in a straight line from goalkeeper to central defence to central midfield, that is what kept us strong today. Because even when things were going slightly wrong on the outsides, we were strong all the way through, all the way down. Um, and if it wasn't for that, then it likely that United would have scored more because they definitely had the the right pressing system and the right formation to get more out of us. Um, we were just able to basically better them. Yeah, and I love that you pointed out Aaron Cuthbert because, and also the partnership with Loopholes because I am mm-hmm. so like her. The way that she plays is a perfect compliment to Aaron Cuthbert because Aaron Cuthbert can be like unleashed. She can be like maximum Aaron Cuthbert, which is what we saw. There are so many times where the ball looks like it's bouncing, you know, it's in midfield. It looks like a United player has it lined up. So it's it's not a 50-50. It's almost like 70-30 uh, in United, the United player's favor. And then suddenly like out of, out of frame comes flying in Aaron Cuthbert to take the ball. And she did that a number of times. And I just think freeing her up to be her most destructive, her most energetic self is great. And I, I also tweeted this, whenever the intensity level of the team is high, no matter what that level is, Aaron Cuthbert is always going to play a level or two above that. And so for me, the, with the intensity level of the entire team being raised, it basically turned Aaron Cuthbert into an absolute ball of fire. She was just absolutely great, especially the first half. But I think second half, she was great too. Um, and being able to find space with the ball, controlling the ball, winning the ball, that was so important. And then, of course, Bjorn. I, to me, it's just like I am. I was so nervous about the center back position 
We -hmm. had seen so many different combinations. None of them really looked right for a full 90 minutes. And even in this one, we didn't see a center back combination for a full 90 minutes. But Bjorn was at the heart of it all. She had... She played great. She played a composed game. Her passing was good. Her link-up was good. Her organization was good. Um, Her heading from corners is good. That's also a really key thing. We've kind of lost that sometimes against in corners and set pieces. We can kind of fall apart. It was good to have her there for those things. And um, looking at a quote that uh, Tom Gary uh, tweeted uh, in the presser from Emma Hayes, uh, she notes it too. He says uh, that, that Hayes said, today showed the importance of Natalie Bjorn coming to the club. What a superb signing. I like when, when Emma Hayes talks about a signing like she didn't have anything to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> what a great signing. Like, yeah, you're, you're, you're pretty good at this. <laughs> yeah, um, I, th- I think you're right, though. I mean, we needed somebody to have an immediate impact. And we know that Hayes is all about her player profiles. And so she must have known that this was going to be somebody who, could, who would be able to do that. And she wasn't going to get somebody who'd have to have multiple weeks or months acclimatizing. Um, and so it was good that it was someone within the league, because I think that kind of helps um, when you're getting a player that is already aware of how the system works or how other teams work. Um, would it have been harder if we had gone from a different league somewhere in Europe? Possibly, maybe. Um but I think that Bjorn has really proven that what it, what she was doing for Everton is something that she can entirely replicate for Chelsea. And I think that this is going to be a really strong partnership because there's almost a sense that whoever's playing next to her is has a sense of security. And we talked so much about that, about Millie Bright, um, or even like Magdalena Eriksson, whoever plays next to them, they're safe. They're, they they know that they have protection. And I feel that way about Bjorn. Yeah, it's, it's, it's such a good signing so far. And I've been really, really pleased to see it. So, okay. This was a game that we absolutely needed to win, especially because Arsenal came very close to, to dropping points yesterday, but they did not. They ended up getting a, a winning goal. They won by a single goal over, was it Everton? I believe it was Everton. Yeah, it was 2-1 over Everton. So, the table, as it stands right now, Manchester City are playing right now. They are currently winning right now, 2-1, to one, thanks to a goal from, uh, or the, the, win, the, the goal that put them 2-1 up was from Bunny Shaw. Um, so, they have 25 points. Arsenal have 25 points, but they are number two and number three on the table. Chelsea still with the three-point lead, 28 points. So, that is why this game was so important, because, yeah, one, it's a rival, and kind of a title rival, although... Mia Erickson, who I have to give a shout out to, it was a great pod that you and her did uh, about a potential Chelsea coach, but got to give a shout out to her because she kind of noticed there's a gap now that's developing a bit earlier and a bit so- certainly higher up the table than there usually has been in the, in, in the uh, WSL because United only has 18 points. That's seven away from Arsenal and now 10 away from Chelsea. So this top three is really breaking away already, and it's just January. It's like the the it's the first first uh, WSL games of January. So that's kind of something interesting and to keep an eye on. But it does mean that not only are three points from everybody below number three going to be important, but those next games against you know City and Arsenal are going to be really important. And making sure you keep a three point advantage into those games is going to be crucial. I think we're kind of in the same position where you have to win every game. And not necessarily as urgent as a couple of seasons ago when we were behind Arsenal, we had to. But more so now, it's about security and protection. We have to win every game, not because we're in a bad position, but because if we drop off, then then we're in a bad position. Because we know that the teams in second and third are breathing down our necks. Um, and it could be anyone's league um, because it's so tight in that top three. You are right about 
what's happening further down. I think Liverpool and Spurs, both of those teams have had really strong seasons. Spurs recovering from a really tough season last year and losing Wane Skinner have been so much stronger. And I think what whatever Matt Beard's doing at Liverpool um, has been amazing, including that 1-0 win over Arsenal, which uh, thanks, really, really enjoyed watching that. But I just, <laughs> I, I just feel that because of those two, um, the president further up has been, you have to play even better. The quality has been forced upon us. We have to play at our top level, which is great. If you're someone who's watching women's football or even a neutral fan, this is, this is how it should be. Um, it should be competitive. It shouldn't be that, you know, certain teams are just 10 or, or 12 points ahead. So I'm happy about it um, from a women's football perspective, but as a Ch- Chelsea women's football fan, um, I have one eye on what's happening behind as well. Yeah, absolutely necessary. So let's not, in terms of the league, let's not look ahead too much, even though it was my fault that we did. I was just kind of <laughs> looking at the table and being like, hmm. Um, but we do have a pretty intense run of games, as you mentioned. Starting on Wednesday, we have that uh, Champions League match with Real Madrid, which will be interesting because I believe Linda Caicedo is back, but Real Madrid cannot advance out of the group. So they've had a really poor Champions League campaign uh, in the group stages. So we'll see how up for spoiling Chelsea's run uh, they can be. But this is going to be a tough run of games because Chelsea have three games in seven days. Real Madrid... Wow away to Brighton, and then away to Paris FC. So two of the three games are away, and then back home to Everton, who, like I said, just kind of played Arsenal quite tough. So this is a tough run of games. It was very important to get three points and get some confidence. But yeah, this is this is going to be a tough run. So let's do what we always do. Chelsea, Real Madrid, getting back into Champions League play Wednesday, January 24th, 8 p.m. local, 3 p.m. over here, Eastern time uh, in the States. Mariam, I've stalled enough. Your prediction. I, I just wanted to say before even that is that the game I'm more concerned about is the Brighton game because it's the perfect <laughs> well, <of> game, right? <laughs> let, let me set out my my theory. It's a perfect game to do something that you shouldn't be doing because it's in between the Real Madrid game and um, the game on Sunday. And so if Emma Hayes was to do something where she was rotating or something strange or bizarre, that would be the game. And we know what happens against Brighton. That's just like a one of those voodoo fixtures for us. Um, but Real Madrid... Gosh, this is an interesting one. I think it's going to be heavily rotated. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of different starts. I hope Fischl still plays because she came on in the 54th minute. Um, and Linda Caicedo is back. But what is their incentive if they're not going to be able to get through the group stage? Are they going to want to rotate as well? Because they would like to rather put their, their eggs in the domestic basket. I'm going to say that we will win 2-0. Um, I think we might see substitute performances from Lauren James and... Um, and perhaps well, some of our starters today will be on the bench as well. But I won't. I don't think we'll have to resort to them. I think it will be quite comfortable. I hope so. Because <laughs> you always say cur- something negative. <laughs> well, no, I just... So currently, we're in a good position. We have eight points. We're at the top of the group. But uh, Haken is just seven points. So they're one point behind us. Uh, and them in Paris FC play. So it is going to be important to get three points from this to make it comfortable. We should have had that win against Real Madrid, mm-hmm. but unfortunately we had a draw. We're not going to get into that again. But uh, yeah, I, I I do think Mia Fischel will start. I think the goal for, for the team should be to integrate her to the point where she gets a goal. Um, like you need to get her scoring. You need to get her confidence going as part of this team. And I think you can do that against Real Madrid. They're not a very strong defensive team. Um, they're not, they're a team that we can handle in midfield. They're missing Caroline Weir. And we've seen they've had a really difficult time fixing that problem. 
Um, I do think that their wingers, their wide play is really good. They've got really good fullbacks. They have really good wide players as well, especially like I mentioned, Caicedo. So that's where the danger is going to come from. So hopefully we can do something about managing that. The wingers can have, or the, the fullbacks can have a bit of a better um, game, I think. I'm, I'm kind of thinking of Neve Charles and, and her struggles with Jace. I think that needs to kind of, you know, get worked through. And I don't know if maybe you, I don't know. I, I don't know. I was thinking about personnel changes. Maybe you put Ashley Lawrence over there and you kind of like, I, I, but I, I think, I, I think it would be too soon to lose confidence in Neve Charles. She was our player of the, of the season mm-hmm. in the first half. So I just think it's getting just a tough game for her getting caught in a, in a difficult position. So I don't know. I'm comfortable with this game. I think we're going to look at, I'm going to say, you know what? Repeat performance, repeat scoreline. I'm going to say 3-1. Okay. I feel a 3-1 for this okay. one. I feel 3-1. We're going to score. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Did I sound convincing? I hope so, because you almost <laughs> ruined it for us today by spreading your negativity around. I'm glad I spoke to Mia. In fact, I said it to her. I'm glad I spoke to Mia because she had such nice things to say about us. And yeah, she was she was right, because I'm, I'm going to listen to her. But seeing as you're going for what she predicted, I feel strongly about this. So <laughs> let's get it. I was just, I mean, it, I was just nervous. I was like, I don't want it to be too too, but this is feeling very too tooey no, to me. Don't and then, say uh, it, though. You know. Put it out in the universe. No, no, no. I'm I'm talking about for the United game for this yeah, just for, for a Real Madrid game. We should we we should win that one. If we don't win that one, I'll be very annoyed. Uh, we absolutely should win that game. It's at home. Got no reason not to. Mm-hmm. And then you're looking, you're looking good in the league, and you're looking good in the Champions League. So yeah, let's let's get that win on Wednesday, and then we're good. So, Mariam, anything else you want to say before we get out of here? Um, I don't think so. Just that I'm, I feel that today was a really good way to kind of recover from a lot of issues we've had in the last couple of weeks. And yeah. if we continue to kind of find out how we're going to figure out what to do and me officials and on the pitch, then I feel confident for us, uh, not just in the league, but in the Champions League as well. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. The one thing I want to say uh, to wrap this up is I just saw a post actually because you retweeted it from Opta Joe. One, Lauren James has become the first player to score Barclays WSL hat trick against Manchester United. James has nine goals in her last five WSL appearances, as many as her previous 40. Yeah. Wow. Hell of a player. And that wow. is being, that is not only being informed, but finding the right system and getting the right coaching and development. She is absolutely unreal. The day belongs to Lauren James. Chelsea got three points. Looking at three points on Wednesday, that's all we got. Mm-hmm.